This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Priscilla Romans, and uh, on a side note, I purposely, I always go to the Right when I wake up, I go to the gym, come home, shower, meditate, podcast. I never eat till after I do podcasts. And I started doing, I just stopped eating before podcasts like six months ago. And I guess I just forgot why. And this morning I was just so hungry after the gym. I was like, I'm just going to have a little bite. And now I realize why, because I'm sitting here and my stomach's gurgling and I'm like burping. And I'm like, that's why I stopped because I'm sitting by a super sensitive microphone in a sound paneled room and the gurgling is very audible. So I guess now I remember <laughs> why I do that. So that has nothing to do with this podcast, but that's on my mind right now. Miss Romans, please introduce yourself. Please introduce yourself to everybody listening. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Priscilla Romans. Um, I am down here in the great state of Texas now, um, originally from Illinois. Um, I am a nurse um, by trade and actually started my nursing back in 2004 and worked through multiple different um, parts of the healthcare system from the bedside to running hospice agency to the insurance industry to running multiple states, waste, fraud, and abuse for the government. So I have a really unique background and um, I'm a big God person. So um, for years, I've been always helping people with advocacy needs. They would call and say, hey, Priscilla, can you help me with this? What do I do next? And so I'd help them and just go along my way. Well, in 2019, um, I started getting more of that feeling of every morning, you know, God was basically telling me, you need to do something about, about what's going on with the healthcare system. You need to do something. And I just kept arguing with them. I had a job and a two-week paycheck, and I was, you know, fine and doing my thing in, in my comfort zone, essentially. And um, finally, March of 2020 rolled around and my husband said, enough, you're starting your own advocacy business because I'm tired of hearing you whine and complain about the healthcare system. <laughs> so um, he was my big encourager, um, got my LLC and we started. I did do this um, on my own all the way up through when I left my corporate job in February of 2021 because I was figuring out how this would work, how the process would work, all the business things that I had no clue what I was doing. And what I was realizing is, holy cow, people really, really need help. They have no clue what they're doing. And they need somebody that really understands the healthcare system. And um, no, I'm not a physician. I don't diagnose. I don't prescribe. But I know enough to get the job done and um, work with a lot of great physicians that will tap on advocacy because they don't even know all the details of how to make things happen. And that's what we do. So I launched Great Care um, in March of 2020. And now we have a full team of advocates. Um, we've got new clients starting every single day with memberships. And um, we're excited about what we're doing um, because it's bigger than COVID right now. People are very still focused on COVID, but the cases are, you know, getting less and less. Um it's still happening out there, but what people are realizing is they're really not trusting the healthcare system. So advocacy is kind of that backbone for them to tap into because we are professional backgrounds and we really want to make people's life better. So it's super exciting to um, connect with people in need and, you know, make their life better. Could you, could you maybe go into and explain just what, what the advocacy is? Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, so, I'm hundred percent grasping it. Yeah, no, this great question. So take, take for instance, um, what are you probably most scared about in your healthcare journey? Right. Maybe people are struggling with a hospital bill. They don't know what to do with yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe, um, it's a prescription cost. Maybe they're on 30 medications and they don't even know how to get off all of them. They have five different doctors that's prescribed all the medications and they're like, my doctors don't talk to each other. Yeah. I'm all on all these medications. I still feel like crap and I have no clue what to do. So we pull those pieces together of the patient journey and what their goal is. And we want to go after their goal. 
So um, it's all different. We serve people from pediatrics all the way to senior care. I mean, think about all the seniors out there, you know, um, adults taking care of their parents. Um, they're scared and worried about what do they do with them? Um, can they get a better option for their physical and men, you know, mental rehab? Um, how are they really doing with all of the things instead of just throwing a prescription at somebody? A prescription is not always the answer, and that's what we need to understand. It, sick care has been the problem for years. People just didn't realize how bad it was. So we want to go back to health care, right? What's the root cause of the problem, and can we chase it down and fix it, right? Maybe not the situation may not always be fixed, but we sure should be talking about the root cause. And oftentimes in these big corporate chains in the healthcare systems, they are locked down to certain protocols, certain things that the patient can only get done because it's in network. And what people have to know is there are more options than what they're being told. Does that kind of help a little bit? Yeah, you're like, uh, I guess it would be in the root word. Sherpa. Advocacy. I was going to say, like a, like a academic advisor. You have no idea what yeah. you're doing. You're like, I want to go to medical school. How do I start? And they're like, well, first... You got to take biology one. And you're like, well, what am I taking genetics? And they're like, that's years down the road. Don't worry about that right now. Yes. You got to do well in this class. Yeah. yeah. That, that's exactly right. Yes. So, so was it specifically COVID that sparked this though? No, because when I started in March of 2020, 2020. I had no clue what the heck was going to be happening after that. Like it just spiraled out of control. Um, my true intentions of my initial strategy, when you start a business, you have a business strategy. Um, it all kind of went to crap because here I was more focusing on like people need to know um, all their resources and options and how to transition from the hospital to home to whatever it might be. That's what I was initially thinking. I had no clue that this COVID nightmare was going to be happening and, and what was going to be unfolding with the hospital protocols. And we got involved with some of the um, highest profile cases that you've probably seen with national um, and all of that. Um, so it, it's the things we've done has been incredible. And um, some of the great physicians and, and just so people know, they the big shiny healthcare systems are sometimes not the best place to go. They're, they're, we do know of hospitals that are providing the right protocols and taking the right level of care for the patient need and making things happen. And it's night and day to the recovery and their outcomes. And we're seeing it. It's amazing. Do you think that everything that's going on with COVID right now, and I've had some other physicians on here bring it up before, do you think it's going to lead to like a parallel healthcare system, like a new... Almost like Netflix being like replaced by Blockbuster or something, or taxis being replaced yeah. by Uber. Do you see that happening? Because we're kind of seeing, just like we're seeing with big tech or any sort of monopolization, once they all get together and they start fixing things and racketeering, you can't really do anything to fight against it. But then someone comes along and shakes it up, and we're seeing it right now, where it's, or maybe a little less so now as they're starting to be rehired. But get the vax, or you know, you're out of work get the vax or we won't treat you get the vax or i mean i can only imagine the free market it's a that's a that's a shoe in that's a no-brainer like hey they're not treating you you know put aside like i think richard branson started virgin galactic because he saw that there was like i think it was like he was like miami to like i don't know wherever somewhere it's like a short one hour flight and he saw that they were selling tickets for like a hundred dollars each and but if you bought 10 tickets you could get it for five hundred dollars so fifty dollars each so he bought 10 tickets and then he, I think illegally, like in the airport or something, basically wrote on a sign. He just put halfway in between. He just put Virgin Galactic, $75 to wherever, Bermuda. And that's how he got started. It was just this note, just the beauty of capitalism. But yeah. there are some things that they're, the fruit is just so low hanging. It's not like Elon Musk pioneering like electric cars or something. That's That guy's smarter than you and I. But something like this, I mean, the most basic thing, who needs healthcare? Everybody who has the vax, not everybody, you know, Virgin Galactic. Do you think that that's going to arise? And is that something you're interested in? And or are you already doing that? Yeah, well, we're already doing that with advocacy because we're finding solutions for people that they're desiring. They just didn't even know where to start. 
So that that's the biggest thing is giving people that guidance as to what their next steps are. And then we help them as much or, you know, as much as they want or as little as they want. That's the key component is that we're building relationships and building trust back within the healthcare system because we do know some some of the right providers to go to and these people need to be connected. And um, now the, the big healthcare system with the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry with connected to the big healthcare systems, right? That might still be there, but eventually I think they're going to fall apart because people are going to end up... Um, well, some of the people aren't going to survive what's actually happening still because we're seeing some very catastrophic things happening with these spike proteins. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I look at it this way. I can't fix the broken system. And that's why I started doing something outside of the system because there was a need. And so I don't worry about the big system. I just worry about who's our client. Can we help them? And let's make something happen for them because they're no, they're no longer a number to us. We just want to help people. Yeah. So do you necessarily think that they'll fall apart or do you think that they'll be forced to like absorb you and or copy your model? I mean, they can try to copy the model, but I don't think they're going to get it because remember, the system has made people codependent on them, right? And so when you have a codependency issue, I mean, it's really hard to kind of unravel. So um, that, that's what some physicians are trying to figure out now. And even nurses are like, how do I get out of the system? I don't even want to work in this corporate system, right? And they want to be free. And they don't want to be controlled as to maybe the, the actual physician care that they want to provide people. Um, in twenty uh, end of 2020, I got a call from a um, physician that I just gotten done helping do collaboration while the patient was in the bed, the wife was there. It was a non-COVID related hospital stay. And uh, they didn't know what to ask the doctor and so forth. So I kind of helped them as to, okay, here's some things to focus on. Here's some next questions. Do you want to just take these and run with them? Or do you want me to be on the phone with you when the doctor comes in for rounds? And so they said, oh no, I want you to be on the phone. So I was on speaker. And um, I, you know, started advocating and asking these questions for the patient and the wife. And the doctor was kind of stunned at the questions. He's just like, how did you know to ask these questions? These are, uh, okay, I, yeah, I, I guess I'll get you those answers. Well, that physician had gotten my number from the wife and after he had gotten done with work, he called me from after he had left the hospital, the healthcare system and said, how did you know to ask those questions for real? I want to know how you knew. I'm so glad you told the patient those things. I couldn't tell them. And, I'm, he, and he literally knew that if the patient or the advocate wouldn't ask the question, he would have never offered it up. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with the system, Right. That's options are important. Giving a patient A, B, and C options. If a patient is more informed, they're going to be more likely to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply a good decision. Now, do I care how, what they do to, for their decision? No. All I care about is that they make, they have their options and they decide. I support them in whatever decision they want to do. That's called medical freedom. So that's why even people with going to get these vaccinations, they weren't even for sure what they were getting, but they were getting it because their doctor told them to, right? Well, now they're realizing, oh man, I'm, I, my autoimmune system's kind of out of control. I've got heart issues, right? And, and they're starting to put the links together, but they need an advocate to sometimes help them unfold kind of next steps. Do they go back to the same provider that pushed them to go get the vaccine? Maybe, probably not. It's up to them, but they don't even know how to start. 
So that's why we need to do something different and offer this to people because at the end of the day, if they don't get their healthcare issues under control, it is going to cost a lot and it could cost their life. So, so just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, even when you asked it earlier, like what's the you know biggest problem people have or the concerns they have with the healthcare system? And you took the words out of my mouth and I was like, well, money, it's, that's sort of just for everybody, right? Except for a lucky few, it's money. If I were to use advocacy, wouldn't that kind of be a catch-22 though? Wouldn't I be using money to use that? Or would I be using advocacy to hopefully reduce the net charge? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, look, anytime you go to invest in yourself, (laughs) you should hopefully be seeing some of the benefits, right? Mm -hmm. So if you continue to do what you're currently doing, so take, take for instance, we had um, a client come to us with um, so-called thyroid issues. It was a lady in her, um, you know, forties, she was struggling. She just said, I just, I continue to not feel good. I keep, my doctor says it's my thyroid, but my medications keep changing. I mean, she was a mess. Okay. So, well, how long have you been dealing with this? She goes for a decade at least. And I said, really? I said, well, that sounds miserable. I said, well, let's, let's kind of go through what's been going on, break it down. And let, let me see if I can give you some recommendations. So we did. And, um, it ended up being just in that hour. I all we did, it was just an hour of advocacy. I gave her, she just wanted to review because she was frustrated. She's like, I'm tired of feeling this way every single day. I'm exhausted. And my doctor just keeps saying it's my thyroid and then I'll change the medication. I said, I don't know. So we went through it. I wasn't for sure, but I had a pretty good hunch, like something else wrong. Well, she ended up having horrible, severe sleep apnea. She stopped breathing over 30 times every hour she was sleeping at night. She was exhausted. But the doctor had never said any of this to her. And I just had told her, here's what you need to ask your doctor. Here's your next steps. This is the steps that would happen and how you would get that approved through your insurance. So she asked, she got it all done. And she called me back a month later. She goes, that she goes, I've been dealing with this for a decade. And she goes, I am starting to finally feel better. She goes, I was taking all these medications and I think it was just sleep apnea the whole time. Now think about the cost. She was going to see her physician, a specialty provider that she was paying a copay for. Okay. For 10 years, at least probably two to three times a year. Yeah. Add up the cost. Yeah. Right. And then people say, Oh, advocacy costs. You can do whatever you want with it, but I am, she is a believer. Touche. Then that was a <laughs> answered my question. So it kind of seems like it seems like advocacy, and you have to just excuse me as I as you're walking me through this like a kindergartner. But it seems like advocacy is like the doctor's office before the doctor's office, right? You go to the doctor and they check you out. We do pre planning. Yeah. Yeah. So we do pre planning, and you know it's really cool right. when you actually work with great doctors, and and they go in. I had one physician. I mean, they, they'll send refers, referrals to me all the time, okay, because I make their life easier because we're actually getting things done for the patient. Now, these are doctors that actually legit care about their patients, okay? So we pre, do pre-planning. We make sure we get everything done. So when the patient goes into the visit, right, they know exactly what they want to get accomplished. It's the same way when you go into a meeting. You should know exactly what you want to get out of that meeting. So when you walk out, You have everything all bundled up, right? That is what people need. And oftentimes they'll go in and sit in a doctor's office visit and be like, okay, doctor, this is what's going on. No, no, no. You need to be coming with action items of things that are going on. What's the point of going to the doctor's office? Seriously, do you just want to show up and wait in the waiting room for an hour? That kind of sounds stupid to me. So, I mean, we want to think differently and and this is different but it's so meaningful and the value of it just i mean people get excited because they're like man i actually got things done yes you don't have to wait another three months to six months to actually start making improvement in your health care stop the nonsense so it's kind of like in uh in college 
with like OCHEM or physics or something, the professor would always be like, I'm more than happy to tutor you guys like after class. We can do it in the evenings, whatever. And then they'd inevitably say like, but you have to come with questions. Like you can't just show up and say, I have a D, I need to get a C. It's no shit. I mean, you, you got to show up with, well, what is it that you're not doing well on? Well, I'm specifically not doing on doing well with this thing about aromatic rings and benzene and SN2 reactions. Okay, let's go through it. Then we'll go through it. You tell me which part we don't understand. And then we'll break that down. And then we'll break that down and down and down and down until you get the tiniest little thing and you kind of remove the, the, uh, the intellectual splinter and then move back up. And then you wrap the whole thing in a pretty bow and you get an A. Versus, and I'm guilty of this too, you show up for like a class like maybe pre-calculus that the reason I didn't have an A was, spoiler alert, I just wasn't studying. And I'd show up and I'd be like, I need to get an A. And they'd be like, well, what do you need help on? I'd be like, all of it. And they'd be like, that's what class is for. What are you doing? And I'm not maybe, maybe not the same as healthcare because, you know, they could kind of talk down to you because it's like, this is your job. You're, you're a full-time student. Your job is student. You're to be studying. But the thing was, was, Tutoring was so much more helpful. You didn't need to go do it every day. You could go, I do need to block out an hour on Thursdays to go to the professor. And what I'll do is I'll compile my questions all week that that I went through. I went through the textbook. I went through study guides online. And I just still don't get it. If you finally can't do it, you get your neat, concise list of questions. And you're like, these are the things I need answered. Versus you just showing up and you're like, teach me. It's like, that's what lecture Monday, Wednesday, Friday is for. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you, it's a good example, actually, because think about it. If the, the patient is not participating in their own health care, can you really get an A? No. No. Right? You can get a think about grade. the nutrition, nutrition and exercise, maybe taking, checking your blood pressure daily. What's the trend? If people don't start participating in their health care, this is what they're going to get the current disaster that we're in. And so it's a different way to think because honestly, here's the deal. We want our clients to be so in charge of their healthcare, they barely need advocacy in the future, yeah. right? All we're doing is guiding people. That's it. We're guiding people so they can start getting better results in their healthcare and they deserve it. They've been paying out the wazoo for healthcare. I mean, seriously, a premium of 15000 a year. And so I'll ask somebody, so what'd you get for that last year? I mean, you had like 15000 go out, come out of your pocket. Tell me what happened. Like, was it good? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, um, I still have the same problems. And like, you're paying 15000 a year and it's not good? Oh, we, we better fix, we, we've got to fix this, yeah. right? So it's how we think about things, right? Out of sight, out of mind. And that's why most people don't even think about it till crisis happens. Yeah. 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 It's like when you have terrible internet and you've just been paying the same every month for a couple of years and then you, you kind of forget that it's a choice and you're just, it's just part of the thing. It's the sun rises, you pay for internet, you got to eat, you got to shit, you got to sleep. And it's just kind of like, Versus hey, Starlink can happen. Can that yeah. Elon yeah. Musk? What, come yeah. on, let's bring on the free internet. Yeah, but even like he, even here, just in my own apartment, like moving out and realizing, like, oh wait, I don't have to use that same company, and I can, oh, I can, I do a podcast for a living. I can splurge on some really good internet, and I pay a little more, but it's ten times better. And you're like, oh, so like, what else is what else in my life is the same thing? Um, with that, Priscilla, I'm going to have you tell everybody where they can find you because I really need to use the restroom as I do literally every podcast. I bail on the gas halfway <laughs> through. Tell everybody where to find you, website, social media, all that good stuff. Yes. So um, Great Care uh, can be found at uh, greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care, C-A-R-E dot com. And if you want to enroll, all you have to do is hit the Enroll Now link and our intake team will get you up and going. Um, if you want to call or if you want to text us, you can also do that at 469-864-7149. That's 469 
7149. And um, you can call and text with your questions. Um, our team will get back with you. Um, we don't care what the healthcare issue is. Uh, we just say the healthcare system sucks, so you probably should get an advocate. Alrighty. That's the uh, that's the price I pay for drinking like thirty bottles of water a day. But uh, <laughs> I have no apologies. I don't care. Um, so with advocacy, excuse me, sitting on my blanket. With advocacy, then. So again, I feel like it's it's going to the doctor before the doctor. So if I go to the doctor, like I remember, maybe this is TMI. I remember like five years ago, I had like a, a lump on one of my testicles and I was terrified. And I went to the doctor and like originally I was like, you know, I went to, I went to a doctor and they're like, you need a, one doctor was like, you need to go get like this expensive like scan. You need to go do this. You might need surgery. And I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God. And then like, we tried to go to, we went to another doctor and he just like examined it. And he was like, yeah, no, he was like, you like one of like I guess the cords or tubes and he was like yeah no he's like some men just it's like it's larger than others it's just like swollen or something and I was like I'm not dying and he was like no he was he almost kind of gave me a look he was like dude get, you're fine he's like how old are you at the time I was like 26 he was like yeah go home to get out of here and I was all right but in the same way it's you go all right it's uh I'm gonna start a podcast what do I need I need a computer a microphone and a camera well I got to get this that and the other thing it's like well hey man I did my first 300 episodes on a laptop and after I realized I was committed then I splurged 200 bucks and got a better camera and then when I did another 300 episodes I splurged two thousand dollars and got a professional camera but it's kind of the same thing as opposed to just going in dumping money and doing whatever you're told because like we're talking about these systems are kind of becoming archaic and and too large to survive under their own weight is that is that kind of accurate am I just beating the same dead horse yeah yeah, I mean, and think about, so we do have a couple um, young people, college students, actually, and families um, can start up their own membership. So the parents put their kids on it. They've got college kids. They were super worried about them with all this COVID stuff and them being, you know, at college and having some, you know, healthcare needs. And, you know, the, the one mom was so thankful that her daughter could call her own advocate and talk about her home health care needs because, the daughter didn't really want to necessarily tell the mom some of the things that was going on, but she was sure glad that she had an advocate that she was in touch with. So easing those concerns is really, really comforting to parents, especially with college kids. Um, and then your story about just what you personally went through uh, reminded me of a, a gentleman that came on board uh, January of 2021. And he um, it was out of Ohio and he called um his friend actually called and said, Hey, my friend is super depressed. He thinks he's going to die and I can't get him out of the funk. Can, can, can you please help him? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll call and, and help him. So call this gentleman. And I said, what's going on? Your friend's saying that you need help. You need advocacy. And we got him all up and going and said, yeah, he goes, I'm going to die. I said, well, what's going on? He goes, well, I went to my doctor's office a couple weeks ago and well, I have bladder cancer and the doctor told me and I left and I never heard from them. So I, I, I don't think there's anything left to do. Like, I'm just going to die. I said, no, 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 no. I said, we can let, let's figure out actually what's actually really happening. So we, we jumped on the phone right away and called the doctor's office to really find out some of the details of what was going on. We got him up on a game plan um, at the end of this last fall, his bladder cancer was gone. He, we used the traditional and alternative approach to his um, care, and he feels amazing. He feels the best he's ever felt. And we talked like uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, 
I don't know what I would have ever done without having an advocate. He goes, honestly, I thought I was going to die a year ago. And he goes, I can't believe I'm still alive. And I feel the best I've ever felt. He goes, I feel so confident in what I'm doing. And those stories happen over and over again. And that confidence level, he goes, I'm never not going to have a membership. I just might not need you guys as much because I know so much of what to do now. I said, yeah, that's perfect. That's what we're here for. Hmm. And um, those stories of success are so good. And I don't know how much, um, Tommy, you know about even the cancer industry, how large it is. It's huge. Okay. So if somebody were to get diagnosed with cancer, okay, the, usually the primary care doctor would get the results and they'd say, well, you've got cancer. Usually the person, all they hear is cancer. Great. I'm going to die. Right. Just like this gentleman did. And the doctor will go, well, you've got three options. By the time they go to the oncologist, because they'll get a referral, they'll go see the oncologist. Oncologist will go, well, you've got three options, surgery, radiation, or chemo. Now, sometimes people don't have a surgical option, depending on the type of cancer or radiation chemo, right? So we get their recommendations, but that's all the doctor is going to talk about. We know that there's other great alternative cancer options that work and are very effective. And we know people that literally had life sentences and they should be dead by now. And they're not because they took an alternative approach to their cancer. Okay. Cancer and radiation, what a lot of people don't realize is they are toxic to your body too. They kill the good immune cells too. Right. They're nuclear so, weapons. They're, they take out everything. Yes. So but a lot of times people don't even think like this, especially when they're in, they just got diagnosed with a terrible cancer diagnosis and they just want the doctor to tell them this is what's going to fix it. And oftentimes it sometimes can do the opposite. It can make them even sicker. Right. And people don't realize this. Well, there's other options. And that's what we love about advocacy is we know those options. We know those people. Even one of my mom's friends um, said uh, end of January, she called me and said, uh, Priscilla, you know, my friend that um, you helped me with last year in 2021, um, she lives in Illinois and the gal, her friend was told she was not going to survive 2021 because of her cancer. And my mom called, was very upset and said, you know, we've got to do something for her. Like she's completely fine. But this doctor's saying she's not even going to survive this year. I said, that sounds silly. Let's find some other options. So we did. And they were all home options. She didn't have to go anywhere for it. She did all from her house. And my mom called in uh, January and said, um, I went, we went to the follow-up appointment and they did a PET scan and they can't find any cancer left. <laughs> I said, that is awesome. I said, does the doctor know what she did? She goes, nope, she has no clue. But she walked out of there like a champ because she didn't have cancer anymore. <laughs> so so what are <clears throat> what are the alternative? All the alter- I've, I don't have cancer. Uh, my, my grandfather died of cancer in 2010. But I'm actually, knock on wood, I'm actually blessed enough to say it's the only person I know who's died of cancer. I'm just I guess I'm just lucky. I think a lot more, I think people probably experience it a lot more in their daily lives than yeah. I've been blessed to. Um, but for someone like me, what, what would like the guy with bladder cancer, could we with obviously without disclosing any private information, could you go into a little more than that though? Like what are the avenues for them to do alternatives? Like why did, and this don't take this as me picking you apart. This is just my own curious mind. What, <laughs> but uh, sometimes I, I feel like sometimes guests may be, uh, mistake what i'm saying or something like i'm like tell me this tell me that's just my own i'm thinking aloud yeah that's how, okay how what what would that what did you guys necessarily do that say the doctor didn't recommend or didn't know to recommend well they or, don't yeah they don't recommend they, they don't they or they don't. don't know or do is it like i don't know if they know or not but why would why would a an oncologist yeah. want to recommend cheap and effective effective alternatives to the bag of chemo that they're about ready to hang. Do you know how much those bag of chemos are? It's a they big. are one of the they are one of the only types of, of physicians that makes a profit off of that chemo bag. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's as I believe. Now, it's all- not to say that the chemo might not work for them. Sure. It's it's the, the point here 
is that they should not only get what the oncologist rep um, options are, but they should get the other options as well. That might be cheap and effective. That's the problem here. So again, I'm not against the traditional mindset, right, of the healthcare system. I just don't like the fact that they only tell you a certain slither, right? Yeah. It's It's not right. So cancer options, look up, um, you know, uh, there's um, fenzobates, there's um, uh, mega doses of vitamin C. You hear that now Mm -hmm. if you've looked up like the FL uh, CCC protocol where they use the high doses. I've had on a lot of those doctors, Dr. Merrick, Dr. Urso, Dr. Corey. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of um, uh, high dosing of um, ascorbic acid Mm -hmm. is really important. Your immune system, um, the type of water you drink is really important. Okay. That bottled water that you're drinking right now, if you did a pH, well, strip test of it I okay i bet you it's pretty acidotic well i okay to be fair i i I, ref, I drink the water bottle once and i'll probably refill it 20 times so it's more dependent on my tap water oh, so exactly so ph yeah your tap water okay. right if it's a if it and and you can get ph strips mm-hmm. um you know over the counter at cvs walgreens you go in and you dip that sucker in if it's acidotic having more of an acidotic um, water that you're drinking is not beneficial to your system. So you know how you see like smart water, people talking about more alkaline. Uh, Yeah. Balanced and purified and neutral water. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's actually a real thing for your body. Okay. Because you need to balance it out. Um, Cancer lives in more of an acidotic environment than an alkaline environment. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Okay. Same thing with sugars, okay? So if you so you know how COVID patients, uh, the doctor would say you're going to be at a higher risk to getting COVID if you have diabetes, mm-hmm. high blood sugars. Well, sugar is never good um, because it can actually advance your disease mm-hmm. like COVID. It's the same thing for cancer. Yeah. It 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 attracts. It's like they're friends, so yeah. you need to avoid that on your diet. You know the one one of the things that um, the oncologist kept telling the my mom's friend, well, just make sure you eat whatever you want. You just need to keep your calories up, yeah. eat those desserts. That's sugar. You're feeding the cancer. Quit it. Yeah. The doctor is not, te- the doctor's creating not a good environment for that cancer, you know, to die. We want the cancer to die. Yeah. We don't want it to survive or grow. So don't feed it. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, it's important to understanding the environment in which a disease lives in, right? The root cause. What's the root cause? And a lot of people don't understand that. That's why throwing things like pharmaceuticals sometimes is not the best option. It can actually cause a lot of side effects. And that is, you know, it's a problem. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, on some cases, like, you do need calories. Like, I think of, like, my late grandmother, like, 86 in 2018, like, I mean, she was just going out of old age. This is what it was, you know, and she was bone, bone thin, rail thin. And like my mom's a nurse and every day, like they were just trying to get her to take down calories. She didn't want to eat. She didn't want to drink. There was no expectation of like, oh, we're going to push her another five years. I mean, everyone knew it, it was going to be either a month or a year. But, you know, something like that, there is kind of the exception where it was just like, you know what, if Mimi will eat a milkshake from McDonald's, get her the damn milkshake kind of thing. Right. Like that, that I get. But yeah, no, it's, um, there's that sort of, again, talking as someone who's never had cancer and I'm speaking out of turn, but there is that sort of, um, that fatalist view of like, just get whatever you can and all right, well, what can I speak on? I mean, you and I spoke about it beforehand, right? Losing close ones to suicide. I remember, I remember I, I, I kept a good face on for like six months after my brother died. And by good face, I mean, I just was completely numb to it and stuck my head in the sand and just went about my life thinking that I'd never have to deal with the monster under the bed. It did not work. And for a while after that, my mindset was just like find peace at all costs. And I was a guy that throughout college worked out six days a week, rarely ever drank, rarely ever partied, studied, meditated. I was all about taking vitamins and minerals and herbs and fish oil and, and sleeping as much as I can, like, yeah, testing my water and, I mean, cold showers. I mean, truly, like, like health 
the image of health. I was just obsessed with it. And after my brother died and I came across this idea of like peace at all costs, it was like, well, if you need a Kit Kat at 7 a.m., then you need a Kit Kat. And if it means not going to the gym, and hey, if it means smoking pot and taking a nap before noon, if it means drinking tonight, if it means drinking two nights a week, three nights a week, maybe you just need alcohol to sleep now. If you need to not have a job because you're too strict, it, well, that very thing starts to create this environment. And I'm not saying it's not bad, right? I mean, yeah, like the day my brother, the day I found out my brother died, like, yeah, I remember I just went out, I got some alcohols with my girlfriend, I got some alcohol and I got some like nachos. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sure, it's fine. You're at a funeral, have a drink, that's okay. But this very environment that I was pursuing actually started to create my own vortex of depression. And to the point where I couldn't even tell you where the depression ended thinking about my brother and where my own started, but it was so bad, it completely ruined my life. And I moved home and long story short, that's how the podcast is here. So maybe it wasn't that bad. But the point of this, my meandering rambling thoughts right now are, yeah, little things like that, where you need to get the calories. And it's like, well, again, easier said, because I've never had this experience, I don't have cancer. But that's something where you might want to be like, hey, don't give in, like the Grim Reaper's not here yet. Like, you know, don't go quietly into that good night kind of thing. Like dial it up, eat cleaner, eat leaner, eat better. Now, are those things, again, as someone who's not an oncologist, are those, is it along that light that you're talking about with advocacy? Because obviously there is interest in using chemo. There are kickbacks, as we're all starting to see during COVID. You're starting to see the, the dark underbelly of medicine. Is it along those lines or something analogous to that that advocacy is? For instance, the individual, the young man with the bladder cancer. Well, remember, anything you do in life, it's important to have balance with it, sure. right? So it's not about just eliminating sugar or something good. Yeah, you got it's about it's about balance. And so we literally, when when a client comes to us with their healthcare concern, we need to just listen to what their needs are. We put a game plan together, and then we roll with those things. And, um, and we just meet people where they're at. Everybody's at a different point in life. Um, we, we literally have hundreds of um, people that we have now served. And it is amazing the results, the, the letters I get back, the messages, um, because we even believe in the power of prayer. We, we, we are so in tune to what our clients need. If we need to stop and pray with them, then we do that. Um, I just did that, um, you know, the other day with, with somebody that just lost her sister and she just said, I just, I never thought like there was going to be a service like this. This is just, this has been so hard, but I needed something like this. And so there's so many different types of needs. If I, there's not one straight line, um, with this, somebody goes, well, can't you just patent what you do? And I was like, no, I cannot patent what I do because this is very unique everybody's journey is different. And that's where we, we connect the pieces of the dot for them. That's where the heart came from in grave care is putting together all those pieces of the puzzle. Got it. Now, thinking of something more, again, lucky at 31, none of my friends or family members are really have any serious health problems. But I would say the one thing that maybe is a little more uh, prevalent and has probably always been prevalent in people. Maybe my generation is, maybe we as a society are opening up to it more, whatever the reasoning is. I would say the the majority of my friends, as myself, are in need of some sort of mental health care. Now, I was, although incredibly unlucky losing a sibling to suicide, I was also very lucky in that I had loving parents who had the resources to get me the best psychiatrist they could find if I needed to see him three times a week, if I needed to see her once every three weeks, whatever it was in between. If I need to see her and I get better and I take a couple months off and then I slip up, again, I, I, I have my parents are, are walking saints. I was able to do that. And I don't think that was, had, and I don't think that had nothing to do with losing a brother. It was like, hey, we, you know, let's dial it up a notch. But I have a lot of friends that uh, are not able to. They can't afford it. Um, and some of them have even said, you know, like, do I, do I need to go see a therapist? Like, I don't feel suicidal, but they're like, I'm definitely not knocking on all cylinders. And I'm not a doctor, but I'll, you know, I'll try to talk them through some stuff. I'll be like, hey, you know, as someone that went down into the pits, I can tell you some really important things are steady sleep schedule, 
it sounds stupid, but brush your teeth and shave every day. Just look good, feel good. These tiny little baby steps. Put on clean clothes. It doesn't matter if you wore the clothes yesterday for five minutes. The act of putting on clean clothes without any wrinkles in them, I swear, has an effect on your brain. Um, but then there are other ones that I look at and I'm like, I'm not a doctor, but I, I think that person needs medical help. That being said, they're not all entirely sure. Do I need mental health care or do I just kind of need to change my lifestyle a little bit? And to me, that's what advocacy maybe sounds like. You go to them and one might say like, hey, you know, I've lost there, I've lost several extended family members to suicide in the last decade and a half, over five. So like it's clearly a hereditary thing. There's something there, right? All different walks of life, different financial situations. There's clearly something there, just like the color of my eyes or the pale whiteness of my Irish skin. There's something that's passed down. Something like a friend of mine, friends, friend, whoever, he, she, is that something that advocacy would work for? Do they go and talk to them and maybe they will look at someone like me and say, yeah, you need health care. They might look at someone else and say, you know, you might want to, you know, you might yeah. just maybe need to see a psychologist. You might just need to get on a good workout regimen. Is that, is, am I making well, sense? Absolutely. Yep. That's right. That's exactly right. We, I mean, we've had young people come to us thinking they were not doing well and they thought, what do I do? And here's the problem though. If if people just think, Oh, I need to go to a therapist or a psychologist, most likely they're going to be put on a medication Mm -hmm. and that's right because it's their go-to. Now, it, we go back to what what's going on with the person and work through them. We're not <coughs> counselors; we're we're advocates, but we do know we do understand safety risk um, because that's what I understand with nursing. Right? We want to make sure the patient's safe, and um, you know, there's certain key things that we we look for um, and and collaborate with them. But it's totally worth it to have an advocate because you never know what you're going to encounter with your healthcare, and it can actually calm the fears of somebody that is in the trenches, right? And, and having that person. And so most of the work we do is virtually, um, we all over the States and, um, within like their 30 minutes, I'm down here in Dallas. And so if I have some clients that want me to do face-to-face visits, um, we, we can go do that if they need our seniors really like that, um, in particular, um, usually millennials or young people, they like being able to message their advocate yeah. on the go saying, Hey, this popped up. I mean, we had one the other day, my stomach really hurts. I've got this and this going on. I don't know what to do. Do you think it's something awful? Do you think I'm going to die? <laughs> We're like, okay, let's, let's just talk for like five minutes. Let's just kind of make sure everything's like good. And they were good. They, they were constipated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but they just didn't know. Sure. And we saved them an urgent visit. They were literally going to go to the urgent care. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that costs money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just literally saved them time and money because they're probably going to sit in their urgent care for a couple hours anyway. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, like uh, maybe not advocacy. I guess it did help after had seeing a therapist for several years and kind of gaining the own my own tools. I have oh, chronic- and I'm not saying anything against therapists. Oh, no, like I know. They are there for a reason. Like I don't pretend to be a cardiologist. I send them to the cardiologist yeah. when they have those issues. Right? Yeah. yeah. Go. Yeah. No. 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 I'm and I'm I'm not saying that's what you were saying. It's rather uh, like I have chronic anxiety. Just have really my whole life, and sometimes it swells up in panic attacks, which is they suck. But I've kind of learned to deal with them. And every once in a while, I'll have like. I mean, like a, a really a panic attack for the ages. I mean, the worst one I had was, I think, 2018. And then really the only one comparable to that was this past January. For whatever reason, just woke up on a Saturday and had it. And I was so close. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, I can't drive. I'm more intoxicated with anxiety than I would be with alcohol. And I was debating, like, calling an ambulance. And part of me was like, it wasn't advocacy, but I was just thinking about talking to my therapist. And I was like, all right. So I just called my my friend who lives nearby i was like can i just come stay at your house tonight i'm having a panic attack and he's like sure i was like can you come pick me up and he was like not a problem and i went there and just kind of like slept on his couch and that's really all i needed and i was a little shook up by it but i remember i remember when i transferred from valdosta state university to the university of georgia i moved out in may 2011 and i remember moving all my stuff out in the u-haul and there was no one in, i was in a frat house there's no one there and i was moving everything out 
and I like stepped in one of like my old pairs of sneakers just to like walk them out because my hands were full and like a spider bit my foot and it's Georgia. There's spiders everywhere. Get over it. But me being me was like, well, that was a poisonous spider and now I'm going to die at 20. <laughs> and uh, I started panic and there was no one there. And I was like, well, what if I pass out? They're just going to find me like face down foaming at the mouth. So I like called 911, got on the phone with like the EMT and that guy, whoever he is, I have no idea who he is. There's some saint out there who kind of acted like advocacy. He was like, all right, well, tell me about the spider bite. And I was telling him and he was like, all right. He goes, I think he's like, I don't think that there's poison entering like your blood system. He goes, I think it's adrenaline. I think you're having a panic attack. And I was like, are you (laughs) sure? And he goes, I'll send the ambulance out, man. He goes, I won't hesitate. He goes, just so you know, it's going to cost you about $10,000. And I don't want you to make that mistake. And I sat there and I was like, he goes, why don't you call me back in five minutes if it's still bad? And if it's then, we'll send. And I was like, all right. And I was like, thanks, man. And I, like, it went by. But to me, those are like little images it. of like that in my mind is maybe what advocacy is. And then there are times where in July 2016 when I was suicidal and I called home to mom and dad and that wasn't advocacy. That was like, I think I need to come home. And they were like, we think you need to come home. And they came and got me. And thank God they did. I probably wouldn't be here if they hadn't done that. So there are like different grades of it where I feel like now it's taken me an hour, but I feel like I'm kind of grasping advocacy now, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's different. It's it really, is. really different. I like it. And it's really, it's really good. And thank God you didn't Google your spider bite because oh, you know what happens with those algorithms. Oh, we get, yeah. we get calls like that all the time. I'm having this happen. Never use and Google. I look, Never and use I Google. And I looked it up. Never and I'm like, oh, stop looking those things up. Yeah, you should you should know like one set of symptoms. And I feel like that's if you're above 40, you should probably know the symptoms of like a heart attack, right? Like pain in your shoulder or your arm. And <laughs> stroke chest. would be good too. Know the stroke things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those are some that you should maybe know. Like just those are everything else. Don't Google it because, I mean, you'll have a sore lower back and be like, what is this? And it'll be like, you might have constipation. You might have a tumor on your spine. And you're like, like I gotta you know now I gotta go to Sloan Kettering like my life's over and then it's like no man you that's sh- literally what people are facing you just need some fiber <laughs> like you yeah. know <laughs> they just need an advocate to be like all right hang on let's let's get this into and the reason and our advocates all come from, from very professional backgrounds like mine yeah. um very like-minded which is amazing our team is phenomenal yeah yeah you don't need to go to the you don't you don't have a tumor like you just maybe go include some fiber or maybe just go get some chocolate but, he, but here's the thing even here's here's the thing even if they did have a tumor yeah. right yeah we can still find solutions relax yeah life is not over that's what people need to understand about their health care is that they can be in control they don't need to live in fear it's gonna be okay and would, right and i would say superseding all of that Everyone should meditate and or pray to your respective God, because once you come to the realization that life will end, regardless of your health care, your day becomes a lot less anxiety ridden. So if advocacy yeah. doesn't work and surgery doesn't work. I don't know. Pray to the big man and you'll be all good. <laughs> well, he always works in all of those circumstances. I'm a preacher's daughter. So um, the good word, it works. And uh, I'm telling you, it, there's been some great miracles. We've got great physicians. We do have hospitals that are doing the right thing out there. And if people need an advocate, all they have to do is just reach out to us. We'll be glad to help them. Beautiful. Well, I know you said you've got a heart out because you've got to go go pick up your kids and uh, I've kept you one minute longer than I said I would. So my apologies for that. Um, Miss Romans, I would love to have you on again sometime to discuss advocacy. I was delightfully informed today. Today I learned something new. We're here for you if you need. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless everybody. Take care. I will send you this episode when it's up and everybody else stay safe out there. Recording stopped. Goodbye.